Welcome to Inside New Mexico with the chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District, Steve Pierce. How are you, sir? Doing great. You're always doing great when you're in New Mexico. Had a chance to visit in D.C. last week, and so we're back here now enjoying the just, just beautiful weather. Of course, it's hot. I tell people the thing I love about the desert is it's hot and dry. So uh, definitely we're both of those, but uh, glad to be back in the state. Now, I'm always fascinated by people that can really categorize things very well. So I saw an article, or just actually it's a joke, uh, in one of the, I think it was in the Pittsburgh paper, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And so the guy is reading the paper to his wife and talking about the debates, of course, that occurred. He says, middle-class tax hikes, open borders, free health care for illegal immigrants. What have the Democrats become? He's just kind of reading out loud to himself and his wife drinking the morning coffee, and she responds, the committee to reelect the president. And so <laughs> they don't seem to get it, these Democrats, that their issues don't resonate with people. Another one uh, has got Trump standing here and he's giving a speech and he's uh, paraphrasing what, of course, John Kennedy said, asked not what the Democrats can do for you. And then the next pain has him in Los Angeles and all the tent cities and the human waste and everything in the street. He says, uh, ask not what the Democrats can do for you. Look at what they've done to Los Angeles. So both of those are really important issues as we're moving through this election cycle. The president, I think, is right on message that he is addressing the families of the country. I think he's also addressing the families of New Mexico when he talks about the problems and the thing that the Democrats are saying they're going to give away free. All of that's going to come at taxpayer expense. Taxpayers know it. But uh, again, nice to be with you, Derek. Always appreciate your help on these shows. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to do it. You're a busy chairman and things uh, as we get close to the election start heating up. But uh, I saw an article about the re-education camps in China. Tell us about that. Well, the Uyghurs are Turkic people in northwest China. And recently, the Chinese government allowed a, a state-sponsored visit into these camps. They had taken down the automatic weapons towers, the, you know, the, the uh, guard towers at each corner. And so it was pretty tame. But it was really training centers to eradicate extremist thoughts. And so that's what it is. One of the reporters took a picture or got out the word that uh, that one of the, the messages scrawled on the wall says, oh, my heart, don't break. So when people lose their freedom, the freedom of thought and expression, that's one of the most significant losses that we can have. And so I, I paired that thought with what's going on in California. Remember that during my youth, uh, California, Berkeley, they all became the centers of free speech. You can't shut down the speech of the left on campuses, made it a big issue. Now then, in contrast, uh, the Golden State has now become known for suppressing dissent. And so Marvin Olasky's got this tremendous article that uh, he, he writes about in the World Magazine, that April 20th issue. And uh, I would uh, draw you to that. But basically, he's talking about 76% Democratic House passed a resolution proposing that all religious leaders affirm the LGBTQ lifestyle and oppose conversion therapy designed to help gays and, and uh, trans individuals to change if that's their goal. The resolution is really a part of what he calls, that uh, Spanish speakers call dictablanda, 
the soft dictatorship that pushes conformity to the reigning worldview. And if you don't do that, then you're going to have some penalty. Officials in China and California prefer Dictablanda to Dictadura, which is the hard dictatorships. And so in China, there is a saying that this bird of freedom right now sits on the open palm of the Chinese government. And the question is, will it sit there until the Chinese clamp back down on it, or will it try to fly away? If it tries to fly away, it's going to endure tremendous pain, and that's the re-education camps that we see for the Uyghurs. California is flirting with the very dangerous elements when they try to restrict freedom of speech. We see with the uh, infighting between some of the uh, new congressmen in the House and Nancy Pelosi, and some others, the far progressives and the more moderate Democrats fighting amongst themselves, is this going to help Republicans? Well, Derek, I think that, number one, it's an important thing to note that the skirmish that's been occurring between the far left and Nancy Pelosi broke into full array this week. The Wall Street Journal has a tremendous article on it. New York Times covered it well. Basically, four freshmen, AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and Ayanna Presley, all came out and levied allegations of racism against Nancy Pelosi. Even President Trump came to Pelosi's defense saying that despite their personal disagreements, he knows that she's not racist. But this division in the Democratic Party now has spilled into full view. Now, many in the Republican Party are rubbing their hands in glee and saying that it's going to ensure an election. You have to keep in mind that Democrats are professional voters. They will go and vote for their team no matter what. Republicans are kind of voluntary voters. They got to believe in what they're voting for or they just won't show up. And so myself, I don't think it's going to affect the election, but it will affect their willingness and ability to govern And it will affect the re-election efforts in these individual districts. Whether or not it will spill over to the presidential election, I don't much uh, handicap stuff like that. But the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, editorial board wrote an excellent piece. And I would draw your attention to that if you if you haven't read that. And just the radical progressives are really now then trying to force uh, Pelosi into a corner. All of this came up over the bill to fund the border and the border security for, uh, you know, that $4.8 billion, I think it was, that was going to build new facilities to hold the people who are just flooding into the country. We have a crisis. Our governor has never admitted that we have a crisis, but we do. Pelosi was simply trying to fund it She could not get the votes from the Democrats for her bill, and so she ended up using the Republican Senate bill, and that's what caused the tremendous conflict there between her party members. Uh, So Maureen Dowd, again, had a New York Times opinion piece, and she went straight to a guy that I served with, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel. She wanted his thoughts. He says, uh, we fought for years to create the majorities to get a Democrat president elected and reelected, and they're going to dither it away. They have not decided what's more important. Do they want to beat Trump or do they want to clear the moderate and centrists out of the party? Do you really think weakening the speaker is the right strategy to get rid of Donald Trump and everything he stands for? This coming straight from Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, who was at one point the chief of staff for President Obama. And that's the difficulty that the Democrats face in Washington. Here in New Mexico, we're seeing the same thing. The progressive Democrats are now fielding a primary 
primary candidate against the longtime centrist John Arthur Smith. Also, Mary Kay Papin is at risk. Senator Campos is one of the people, one of the Democrats who supported the life issue in the state and voted against that radical abortion bill. And so all of these now, these senators are coming under attack here in New Mexico by the progressives. It shows that their party is fracturing itself. But whether or not it's going to affect the election, I don't know about that, Derek. You're listening to Inside New Mexico with Chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, former Congressman Steve Pierce. We'll be right back. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. We are back on Inside New Mexico with the chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. I'm Derek Underhill. Thanks for joining us. And we were talking about the progressives, the far left. And if you want to know what the difference is, Venezuela is a good example of a fight between freedom and socialism. Please give us an update on what is going on in Venezuela. Yeah, Derek, there is a, uh, a sad, sad commentary coming out of Venezuela right now. This one comes from Nancy Hernandez. She's a founder and board member of the National Association of Parent Teacher Associations in Venezuela. And so what they have going on there is just tremendous absences from school on the part of teachers and students as they forage around for both food and, and or medicine. And so she uh, writes just the saddest thing you ever hear. 2018-19 academic school year has been lost. Now, we think that these issues are simply political that it's, uh, yeah, it, it may be different when we vote this way or that way, that we can vote Democratic and they implement their socialist policies and that we're going to survive okay. We've watched in the last three or four years as Venezuela has completely collapsed. Now, they could have one of the best economies in the Western Hemisphere with their oil, and yet they squander it, they waste it. The policies cause companies to leave the country, not stay. As a result of the socialist policies that are being implemented, then there's no food or medicine on the shelves. People are starving. They don't have money. It's total chaos. That's what happens. You can look at the socialist policies in Detroit. When Detroit went from conservative Republican to a progressive agenda back 50 years ago, it was the largest city in America and the richest city in America. Today it's broke and it's down to one third of its original population. Initially it had about 3 million people back before the socialist progressive policies took over. And now then it is flat broke. They're making a comeback, but it is costing uh, individual investors tremendous amounts of money to go in and tear down houses uh, to get rid of the excess of housing. Socialist policies do not work. They're not working in Venezuela. They're not going to work here in the U.S. 
The Ninth Circuit Court, which tends to be very liberal, has given President Trump a victory. Tell us about it. So in this part of the discussion, Derek, I have drawn information from both the New York Times and the Albuquerque Journal as as we have different issues that we're talking about. But the Ninth Circuit, again, which is not friendly to Republicans or conservative thoughts, President Trump was given a victory on Friday when they made a critical ruling and they said basically that the decision on the part of the Justice Department to give preferential treatment and awarding community policing grants to cities that cooperate with the federal immigration agencies, they said, yes, that is totally legal. This comes at a time when right here in New Mexico, we have a sanctuary city policy where certain cities refuse to cooperate with ICE. That means that the president can easily choke off money that might otherwise come to New Mexico for community policing grants. We've got state legislators discussing how to prevent immigration agents from being allowed in our state courthouses. In this New York Times article, it was a two-to-one opinion that overturned a nationwide injunction, which was issued last year by by a federal judge in Los Angeles. And so the announcement said basically that the department was pleased that the court recognized the law authority of the administration to provide favorable treatment when awarding discretionary law enforcement grants to jurisdictions that assist in enforcing federal immigration laws. And that was their view going into the courts and the courts, of course, sided with them. The COPS grants are the ones in question here. And so the administration is going to be, of course, favoring areas that help enforce immigration. That is going to drive many of the people who are trying to dodge the immigration authorities into these sanctuary cities. It's not, I don't think, the intent of the administration, but it's going to be a practical effect. So the cities like Seattle and Los Angeles are going to be even under more pressure. We put a link a couple of weeks ago to a video called The Death of Seattle. I would again uh, urge you to go and look at that. The socialist policies in effect, basically watching the decay from the inside out of Seattle and all of the major cities. So that's what, uh, what we're running into here. Now, in an Albuquerque Journal article on state senator Antoinette Cedillo-Lopez, So the state senator is asking our governor for help in keeping immigration agents out of our state and county courthouses. He argues that it's vital that crime victims, witnesses, and others feel safe to visit the courthouse to testify without fearing arrest because of their immigration status. Uh, Officials with U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, say that courthouse arrests are often necessary because of local jurisdictions that refuse to cooperate with the agency, meaning the sanctuary cities like Albuquerque, Las Cruces, and Santa Fe. So here are ICE agents just trying to do their job and get rid of bad people, people who have broken law or who represent some sort of a threat to our communities. And we have a state senator from New Mexico saying, no, they should not be allowed even to approach that. Now, in Columbus, Uh, Again, uh, big news coming out of there this last week. U.S. Border Patrol says that an Arizona woman has been arrested 
after an agent stopped a van carrying 10 people suspected of entering the country illegally. The Las Cruces Sun News reported that 33-year-old Evelyn Lemus of Casa Grande, Arizona, has been charged with felony smuggling following the stop last week. She was near Columbus, that uh, southern border town just south of, of Deming. The court documents say that the agent stopped the van after it was observed picking up a group of people who had crossed the border. So the Lemus told the agent that she was an Uber driver and was taking the group to Ruidosa. Okay, so it looked like Rudosa was about to be the recipient of, of more people who have not been vetted. We don't know if they are have criminal backgrounds. We don't know the health status. And so all of this, this is continuing to make headlines. The Trump administration continues to push to secure the border and get some control. We all want legal immigration. We do not need illegal immigration. So that is going to be a big issue. It is by far the biggest issue in the minds of the public right now. Do we want open borders or do we want a secure border? Do we want to control the number of people coming into the country or do we want to let anyone come in who wants to? I favor the secure border. A favor legal immigration. Otherwise, we'll find our pay scales dropping like a rock as people come in to take jobs here. The more they flood in to get the jobs, the lower the pay goes. So I, for one, favor legal immigration over illegal immigration. President Trump says he is sending ICE agents after illegal immigrants who have committed crimes in the United States. Let's hear what President Obama did about that problem during his administration. This is from an interview on Telemundo. There's going to be, continuing, uh, even after the actions I take, some deportations. We're going to deport criminals. We're going to deport felons. We're going to prioritize our resources. And at the border, if people come here illegally, then we are still going to remove them. Sounds a lot like what President Trump is doing. But for some reason, President Obama didn't get the same criticism. We'll be back with Chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce, in just a moment. This is Inside New Mexico. National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil employers to learn more. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico with Chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. And we're seeing more fallout now from this Epstein case, some of it right here in New Mexico. Derek, we uh, we talked last week about the horrific Jeffrey Epstein case that's making news just daily. Of course, he's the billionaire that uh, has been charged with taking underage girls to his estate there in Florida and then bringing in high-profile people to get sexual favors from these 13 and 14 and 15-year-old girls. Of course, all of it is against the law. The Secretary of Labor under Trump resigned last week under pressure because he was a U.S. attorney who cut the deal with Epstein. He, of course, says that it was the state attorney general who was 
controlling that case. And, and he wanted to just clarify that his role was actually not the key role. Uh, however, it didn't work. I don't know if the president asked him to leave or if he just felt like he had become a drag on the administration, but he just left his office. So the real focus should have stayed on Epstein. But really a flaw in the New Mexico law has become kind of a conversation piece nationally. The New York Times did a lengthy piece explaining why Epstein had to register as a sex offender in Florida and New York State, but not in New Mexico, despite that he uh, spends plenty of time here. In the 1990s, he bought a ranch from the King family. Of course, Governor Bruce King had built that domain. And then uh, I think Epstein built what many think is the largest home in the entire state on that property. It's got its own private runway and helipad. There are speculations that this Zorro Ranch, that it is called, actually may be a site where investigators need to go and to see if the same things were happening here as were happening in his other states. So this revelation that he did not have to register as a sex offender, even though he spends a lot of time here in New Mexico, even though he's got a very large ranch and, and large property here, large home here, the report uh, says that New Mexico's laws just he was able to avoid inclusion in the state's registry entirely. Now, New Mexico has a relatively brief look into, into the account and only a police report with which indicated that uh, the authorities said that the underage victim in the case to which Mr. Epstein pleaded guilty was 17, the age of consent in New Mexico, though the girl whose report launched the investigation against him was just 14. So it looks like New Mexico's attempt to, to kind of brush this whole thing aside looked at one technicality while not looking at the full extent of, of the Epstein case. So... Basically, one more time, we find that New Mexico's laws are very lenient where offenders can live or do what jobs they, they want to here. Uh, people wonder why we have so much crime. I will tell you that judges tell us that it's because offenders believe they can come here and escape consequences. And so that's one reason we have crime. And then, of course, we've got the lenient laws dealing with criminals themselves so that victims uh, very often are treated badly while the criminals themselves are treated uh, okay. Earlier this year, Maria Farmer, she's another woman who's accusing Epstein of sexual offenses, uh, said that her sister was 15 years old when she was flown by Mr. Epstein to the ranch. She was flown by Epstein to the ranch here in New Mexico, was touched inappropriately on a massage table by him. This week, the New Mexico Attorney General Office said it began its own inquiry into potential crimes in New Mexico. We'd be watching with interest because Mr. Epstein has given liberally to prominent Democrats across the nation, and we will see if that affects the Attorney General's uh, investigation into the matter here. Speaking of the AG, it appears like he's looking into what laws need to be changed so that we are not the most lenient state, as the New York Times article pointed out. 
Hector Balderas has said that uh, he's going to renew his push for legislation that would require anyone with a sex trafficking conviction to register as a sex offender in New Mexico. Now, you have to ask yourself if he's really sincere. He's been in office some time. Why has he not taken steps to cure the problem? Why is he waiting till this very high-profile case? Why is he waiting until New Mexico is pointed out by the New York Times article? So a lot of key questions here as we watch this just tasteless mess unravel itself here around uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Now, a Republican did put a bill in that would have addressed the, the situation somewhat. And the fact that this bill could die on the floor without even getting a hearing speaks volumes about our values here in New Mexico. So the politics killed a potential solution to the problem, which allows Jeffrey Epstein to uh, just a convicted sex offender to not register in New Mexico. Politics, again, on the Democrat side, they control the House, the Senate, and the governor's seat, and yet they allow bills like this to die on the floor. Now, last week we noted that Nancy Pelosi's daughter was the one who tweeted, there might be faves. That's, uh, I think, a shorthand for favorites who could be implicated in this federal indictment against Epstein. We have yet to hear more details, but there's plenty of chatter on the Internet that it could even reach as high as the Clintons. So one thing that we do know is that the minority leader in the, the U.S. Senate, Senator Chuck Schumer of New York, a Democrat, received $7,000 in campaign contributions from Epstein and also tens of thousands of dollars to Democratic groups in the 1980s. So you just have to ask yourself, uh, now they're, they're giving the money back or get donating it to something. Uh, what took them so long? Because the the problems with Epstein really surfaced 10 years ago in that whole Florida uh, deal where he was uh, sort of made guilty and sort of allowed to go free. So, Derek, just a tremendous show today. Thanks for all the work you do in producing this and putting it together. We believe that uh, this is an alternate voice for politics in New Mexico. New Mexico GOP is very active, and we'd ask for you to join us. If you want to see more, look at New Mexico GOP on the web, on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at New Mexico GOP, spell out New Mexico. You can see different podcasts on your mobile devices. We've got Apple Podcasts. We've got Spotify, Google Podcasts. Go and put any of these apps on your phone or tablet. Search for Inside New Mexico with Steve Pierce. Subscribe. You'll be notified when an episode is available. So feel free to join up. But join us in this fight to make New Mexico somewhere that our kids want to live. Thank you, Chairman Steve Pierce of the Republican Party of New Mexico. This is Inside New Mexico. Thanks to the radio station you're listening to for broadcasting this program. And we'll see you right here next week.